right, we are here. We are back on one indescribable podcast talking about the amazing show, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, episode after episode, season after season, podcast after podcast. I'm Adam H. here guiding you along the way in this symphony of a journey. What a fun time we are having here uh, over at One Discovery Podcast. But I'm not alone, of course. I have some of my very, very good friends with me. It is the programmer herself, uh, TV Lindy. How are you? I am excellent. And, you know, according to Max, uh, you know, men are the worst. And without women, you know, the world would be a giant frat house. So I'm just here to make sure that this podcast doesn't turn into a frat house. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I think that the two men in this world most likely to make a space a frat house are probably me and Todd. Don't you think so, Todd? Oh, yeah. A quick, quick exact sidebar here, uh, Adam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like with, with Mercury in retrograde, I, I'm not sure if this is going okay. as, as well as... I need someone to explain to me what the Mercury in retrograde is. (laughs) I have heard this so many times. I've seen it used to justify wild things that seem incredibly inappropriate. I've seen it used to explain people acting crazy, literally crazy. Um, And like, I don't like, what is it? What do you mean Mercury is in retrograde? Is Mercury a metal? Is it a planet? Is it a, uh, what is it? It's not, it's not, I thought, see, and I thought it was. One of the uh, like uh, one of the horoscope signs, uh, uh, astrological signs, is what I thought it was, and then I did. Well, I did no research, but then I <laughs> looked it up in my head, and I don't think Mercury is an astrological sign. I, is that right? Mercury is not an astrological yeah. sign. Mercury is not an astrological sign. It is Excellent. a planet. Uh, retrograde means that for some reason a uh, the rotation of the planet appears to spin backwards. It's not actually going backwards, but because of its position in the sky relative to Earth, it appears to spin backwards. What does that even mean? Uh, according to our friend Google, that's what I just found. Uh, okay. Yeah. Lindy, I have a really important question for you. If you were to look yeah. up at the sky, as one does, and you okay. see planets up there, as one does, and um, one of them is Mercury, even though you might not know which one it is, let's assume that you do know which one is Mercury. I point out to there's you know maybe a brighter one in the sky. I'm like, hey, Lindy, that's Mercury. Would you be able to tell which way it's spinning? Me personally? No. Yeah, you. Okay. Uh, then what are we doing here? How do we know that Mercury... Who is who is telling us that Mercury is in retrograde? Also, what is retro... I mean, who decided... Spinning. Just say it's spinning weird. <laughs> it's not even spinning weird, actually. Nothing is happening. But it doesn't do it all... It's basically, like, it looks like the way that it rotates most of the time has gone a different direction. It's only a brief moment in time. Okay. I'm no astronomer. This is very clear, right? I don't know anything about science. Only doctors know things about science. And it is well proven that doctors know everything about all sciences, but yes. And, and Melissa was very much on board with that opinion on the Huey podcast. She did not push back at that at all. Mm -mm. No. How could she? It's just straight logic. Um, That's the only science I know is just logic, but let's assume I am an astronomer. Um, what, like, what has to happen? This is really, really a bad way to start this podcast, but whatever. What has to happen to make it look like a planet is spinning differently than it does? Because, like, I I, I could pretty confidently tell you how the Earth spins and orbits the sun. Like, that doesn't ever change, right? Like, we know that we're spinning really fast all the time, but then also we're on this big circle around the sun. 
Yes. When you're giving me this look, like I just said something revolutionary, ridiculous. Like it's it's not the content of what you're saying. It's the fact that we're talking about planets. And no, no, no. But we have we to haven't even introduced Todd. Well, no, we got Todd. In. No, no, no. We got Todd in. Todd's here. Todd's here. Um, welcome to the podcast, Todd. If you if you haven't felt welcome in the past uh, five minutes, you're you, you know you're here. Um, <laughs> okay, so we're spending all the time like that. But then I don't understand how Mercury or any other planet, for that matter could like look as though it is spinning a different way because it too is also spinning constantly in the same direction a la earth although not at the same speed and then also around the sun a la earth although again not at the same speed but i don't understand how like we can perceive that it's spinning one way and then that's that's why it doesn't make any sense optical illusion it's it's Again, it's it has to do with the fact that Mercury is spinning around the sun faster than we are because it's closer to the sun, it's a much tighter orbit. And yep. just depending on certain points of the year, because of the where Earth is in relation to Mercury, suddenly it seems like it's moving the opposite direction. How that happens, I could not uh, give you a great explanation of. Uh, Dr. Google is giving me that basic idea without going into the hard science mm. of it all. Okay, we need to get an astronomer on the podcast. Um, also, Mercury is a metal too. Yeah, am I just making yes, it, that up? Yes, it is. It's is what the, a uh, was the, in uh, thermometers. Uh, oh, it is the the only metal that's liquid at room temperature, as the superhero Mercury of the Metal Man said in every single one of his appearances, because he was super proud of that fact. I almost so. just was like, Todd, you're a scientist, and then it turns out <laughs> it was just comic books again. But we take I'm, knowledge, however, we can get it. Well, I mean, I'm you would not believe how much like... knowledge I got from comic books. So. I mean, it's a good thing Todd the Librarian is here because otherwise Adam and I would not know what we're talking about. (laughs) Totally lost in space. My final question on this particular subject, and I would hardly call it a subject, to be honest with you, is the planet Mercury made of the metal Mercury? And if if not, because I also think it's not, Todd, if not, what buffoon named the second one Mercury? (laughs) <laughs> that's what i would like to know which came first and who had the audacity to name the second one mercury we don't need to look that up we don't even need an answer for that i just want to know um at some point so you know we're here to talk about zoe's and i don't even know why oh, are we <laughs> well yeah i mean it is always an extraordinary distraction this week so i figured we would get off uh get off track right away that was the biggest eye roll i've ever seen in my life from lindy right there <laughs> i I, I could feel that from so far away in this country. And I like it just, it's wow. That was excellent. I roll Lindy. Well done. Thank you. And I meant every, every part of it. Yeah. Every pupil. Um, uh okay what was i even gonna say Uh, about zoe's um i don't even really know why i'm distracting besides the bit of the episodes all about distractions i think this is one of my favorite episodes of zoe's that we have had thus far i could not stop laughing so many times this episode and i'm gonna go out on a i'm on i'm really not that much of a limb here to say that a lot of the stuff that i just loved so much uh some of you particularly todd probably did not like it as much (laughs) as i did but i legitimately could not stop laughing at multiple occasions in this episode um 
it was just so funny. All of the cringe works for me in ways that I can't even begin to explain. It was just hilarious. Um, plus we finally got them to hook up. So win, 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 win. The only thing I didn't like in this episode was all y'all's fan favorite Mo being the worst. So um, I don't know. Everything but Mo was excellent this episode. The cringe was amazing. I love Zoe and Max. Give me it all. Um it's just so fun. Lindy, you're you're like shaking your head. You're not giving me you're not giving me oh I loved it too, Adam vibes. Uh, you know, we'll talk about it. The cringe does reach a level that I was like, I, I don't know. I mm, that's not that's not what I want. <laughs> no. Um, have you ever or would you ever, I guess, um seeing take me out to the ballgame during sex? Would that ever be a thing that like is it happens? I would not want to do that. Okay. I will answer that question. Nice. <laughs> that's a very easy answer. All right. I, that's a, yeah, that's a good answer. Now, you know, I, I would ask Todd. I, I think Todd is also probably a no here on the take me out to the ball game during sex. Is that is that a fair assessment, Todd, of your of your sexual preferences? <laughs> I love, love, love the phrasing of that. Yeah. My second preference is no take me out to the ball game during sex. That's just to put that down on, on the card there. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm going to ask a question to both of you that I'm only going to answer once we get to this part in the episode, but I want you to make your predictions now. Have I ever, me, Adam H, have I ever been in the middle of having sex while someone has been singing take me out to the ball game while that song has been playing in some context do you think that i have ever been uh, having sex at that point the question that i basically just asked you both you said no to have i ever been in that situation i want you to put your predictions in now and then i'll answer once we get to that point in the podcast if you need a second to think and and ponder you know take it I absolutely don't want to ponder this. I don't want to talk about this. You could, though. And my prediction is Todd and I will manage to skillfully avoid the question. The it's a yes or time. no. No, no. Because I'm not going to say, Lindy, take it away until I hear a yes or a no. From... I heard him say, Lindy, take it away. Take it away, no, Lindy. Take no, it away. No, no, no. <laughs> I didn't say it in the same way. It has to be. Say... There's rules to this podcast, Todd. Oh, there are, rules now. there are strict rules. No distractions. That's what we always say here. We are, we stay nice and on track the whole time. I, I'm just waiting. Don't even. I don't mind waiting. It's fine. I've got nowhere to be. I got a free night, baby. <laughs> I want to get out of here. So <laughs> I'll say no because okay. let's move on. No, because let's move on. Fair, fair guess. Uh, the fact that you asked a question makes me want to say yes, but I also think it might be a double bluff, so I'm going to go with no. You both are guessing no. All right, and with that, let's get into the season two, episode two of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, Zoe's Extraordinary Distraction. Lady, take it away. You took away from me saying the title, but that's all right. <laughs> oh, I feel like I sometimes say the title, no? No? Oh, never? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you do, but yeah, it's all right. I don't, never. I don't know. You were distracted today by day. asking inappropriate yeah. questions. Inappro okay, Lindy, how many episodes of this have we been doing that we, like, this has to just be run of the mill at this point? Like, that we you can't... ask inappropriate questions is indeed run of the mill, yes. Okay, I'm fine with that. I can live with that. <laughs> I just, I don't want to see any more, like, hints of surprise at this point. Like, we there needs to, you know, no oh, more Oh, I never said I was surprised. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Anyway. My favorite word. Um, 
if we this ever got merch, good. it would be like anyway. Like that would I feel like I would get the coffee mug of just like anyway. <laughs> we should do that actually. Yeah, we could we could probably sell three of them to us. Yeah. <laughs> get the <laughs> Yeah, this that wouldn't be to make money. It'd just be to, no, it would for just us be to have it. Enough. Yeah. I we, we might we might be able to sell one to to at least, you know. Once a friend of the podcast, not sure now, Emily Reed, but she's apparently our ops now because we were down on George. <laughs> so, okay, how am I not supposed to be down on George after this episode? <laughs> what have we seen from George that's like, oh, what a great character? <laughs> like, I don't know, he's lotting in in that uh, Tobin being a butt category. Okay, I'm we're getting way ahead of ourselves, Lindy, for the second time. It's always, it's always extraordinary distraction, season two, episode two. <laughs> Take it away. All right. This one's called <laughs> Zoe's Extraordinary Distraction. <laughs> and it begins where the last episode left off with Zoe and Max making out. They're in her bedroom at her mom's house. Um, and they're both clearly into it. But Zoe keeps interrupting them to talk about how great it is to have this distraction. She wants a vacation from all this heavy grief that she's been feeling perfectly understandable emotion but maybe not the best time to be <laughs> talking about this um but then they are interrupted because maggie walks in on them she thought she and zoe were gonna like watch tv it's really awkward and zoe and max realize like this isn't a great time to be taking this further so zoe says why don't you come over to my apartment tomorrow night and we'll have a date night there my notes for the sequence just say, Zoe, just shut up and kiss the man. <laughs> oh. Um, I, trying to uh, to have sex at your parents' house after your dad just died and your mother is in the building. Maybe a little questionable. Um, I did love the moment of like, is that giraffe looking at me? <laughs> she just like throws it away. Um, this was just moment number one where I like could not stop laughing as Maggie walked in and she's like, boys are allowed here. Of course. <laughs> and you know, she's like talking about that. Um, I, you know, she's like, Oh, I'll turn on the TV. I couldn't hear anything. Like the cringiness of this was just incredible. And I like could not stop cackling. This is just amazing opening here. The cringiness of this was fine to me. This was funny. You know, Max was like, or Zoe says, where were we? And he's like, I think back in junior high, <laughs> like, this feels like a, they should be way different age than they actually are in this situation. I thought Maggie hang handled it well. She was very understanding, but still that definitely ruins the mood, no matter how nice she is being about it you can just pick back up lindy we got rid of the giraffe she's not going to be listening i don't know <laughs> sometimes you just, you just she turned get... the tv up so like, yeah she, the to tv's go. up so don't even worry about it she's not going to hear anything the tv's up so much they can hear what's going on i think <laughs> or they hear her yelling at the tv i guess is what they hear i don't know maybe that's a mood breaker as well to hear megan yelling at people for their real estate decisions I mean, I I think I've talked about this before. Uh, uh, back in college, we had like our our main room, and then just off, like through the hallway, was one of my roommates' rooms. And you know, he had a very long term girlfriend. They're married now. I was at the wedding party, whatever. They uh, were decently loud, and there were many times where we had to turn the TV way up, and it was always just funny seeing them come out of the rooms. It was just it was good stuff. Anyway, well, we're gonna we're gonna see a situation like that later. Okay. <laughs> So the next morning, uh, Zoe sees her mom looking at a website that's about PSP, which is what uh, her dad had. And she tells her mom, like, you know, you can take a break from that. 
Um, and so she changes the subject, but her mom starts asking about her and Max. And Zoe is not really comfortable talking about her sex life here, but the whole family is interested. Her mom, her brother, her brother's wife, Emily, like they are all into this, <laughs> which is a theme in this episode. They will continue to be interested. Yeah, and uh, I feel like in this situation, Lin Lindy and I are like the Zoe. Like, can we just have boundaries? And Adam is the rest of the family constantly just going, no, but seriously, who was it? Max or Simon? Although uh, Adam is definitely not Emily because Emily is team Simon. So Yeah, this was devastating news here. <laughs> and just kind of out of nowhere. Like, how does Emily really even know about Simon? What about Simon would make her team Simon? Like, I, like that was a little confusing to me. It was a good bit, like, to, you know, to see her say it. That, I, clearly, that was, like, all this was really for, right? Like, just to get a little line in there. Um, it was it was really funny, though. I'm definitely, I'm definitely like that when it comes to, you know, TV shows and media that I'm watching. I love to know, like, what's going on. But I also am very much not like that with my own family. I really, <laughs> like, hate, you know, my, my brother has had a long-term girlfriend for, like, the longest time. And the only thing I feel like about is just when he's going to get married. Um and he just ducks the question every single time. But I don't even know about his sex life. I don't want to know that nasty stuff. <laughs> but I do want to know when he's going to get married. He's never listened to this podcast. But if any of you know Eric, uh, <laughs> give him a nudge. Because they've been dating for like five, six years. Like, come on. What are we waiting for here? <laughs> so then the conversation turns to Emily's sister, Jenna. She is coming to visit. Uh, she arrives. She's clearly got a different personality than Emily. Seems like they don't necessarily mesh. And Emily sings the song Poison. Todd, what did you think of this one? I enjoyed it. Uh, Poison. I, I love the song Poison. Uh, it's, a, it's a really fun song. I thought that it's a good performance uh, from Emily here as well. Um, yeah, I thought I thought it was a really fun uh, start to the episode. It was a really good song. Uh, I, you know, really like the song choice. I don't know that it was like the most amazing performance of said song, but like, you know, it was good. It was, it was satisfactory. Um, I don't know how much the uh, Emily stuff is like working for me here super early in this episode. I think the stuff that we get a little bit later uh, works a little bit better. But like this whole, oh, my sister, like it was just a bunch of like funny bits, right? It was like, oh, my sister was coming to relieve us, but then she ran over a squirrel and then took it to the hospital and had to meet with a like meta had a meet cute at the hospital basically yeah. where she had to like keep doing that so i don't know like she, i don't know how much that works but i liked the i liked the poison of it all she was vibing with an orderly named leon um, i'm kind of out on leon just in general <laughs> well clearly I, jenna was too because she did show up yeah, without Leon. The vibes that last that long. Well, how long can you vibe with someone in a hospital? Like at some point, you ran over the squirrel, and we got to move on. <laughs> you know. Also, yeah, yeah. I... <laughs> Have you ever ran over a squirrel, Lindy? I don't think so. Oh, okay. H have you? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. What do you mean? Oh my gosh! They run out for. What am I going to stop for a squirrel? I almost ran over a goose the other day, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even see it, but there was like a whole big thing. A flock of geese just like hanging out. It's like, what are you guys doing here? I don't know. It was wow. like, like I, I, I don't know. I, mean, I didn't run over the goose. It's fine. But also, geese are the worst. <laughs> 
let's say if you had one of the goose, the goose's family would have tracked you down. So it's probably a good thing yeah. that the goose is uh, fine because probably. They, uh, I think geese are vindictive. They're the worst. Like, uh, I, I was walking Ruby the other day. There's kind of a pond a little ways away, whatever. She's feeling really, like, <laughs> has a lot of energy, which is very rare these days. We go to, like, a, a you know, a little bit longer of a walk, and there's a bunch of geese in this pond, but they always hiss at her. And, I like, I can't, I can't remake the sound a goose makes when it hiss, but it literally sounds like the beginning of a D&D fight when a goose turns into a devil. Like, that is, <laughs> that is basically the sound that it's making. It's... <laughs> Like one of you know, like one of those. It's it's really terrifying. Don't get into a fight with a goose. I feel like you're gonna lose. That's my pearl of wisdom here. I I can't argue with that. <laughs> um, but you know who does do some arguing? Max and Mo, because they're planning for their restaurant, and Max wants them to sign a contract to make their business partnership official. But Mo is really against this idea from the very beginning and does not want to be locked down. And in this scene, we don't get any real context as to why, but this sets up for the episode that Mo does not want to sign this contract. I don't know when we want to like fully talk about this because I, you know, I don't want to like share the, I don't want to say the same thing like five times here as we basically got the same iteration of this storyline, like over and over again. Um, I really, really did not like Mo this episode. Like the most I have ever not liked Mo in the series as a whole was this episode. I think it was just no communication from Mo, just like nothing there was there was nothing good or redeeming about the story. And even once we do get the quote unquote explanation, I was even more out on Mo because of what the explanation actually was. Like that wasn't even redeeming in that sense. And so I like really felt for Max here. Um, and then the other thing, also this two, two other things. Number one, this contract is stupid. There are literally typos in the contract. Things are misspelled. That's just ridiculous. Also, it doesn't even make sense. What are they forming a contract for? Just a, like a part. There's no financial commitment here. There's no like agreement to buy property or like any IP or whatsoever. This is just a random contract. that's like, we're going to work together. That's not a thing. Um, and then number two, the idea is still terrible. Their actual concept for the idea here is still awful. They're talking about like, I don't even know what seafood platters. And, and I don't even remember the other thing. I'll figure out how to do that. The only good thing they said was that they have to have some kind of cocktail menu. I'm in on that. I would go to a place with a cocktail menu, except guess what? That already exists. That's a bar. And there are thousands of them all over the place. So this is just, it's still a bad idea. The contract is dumb. Mo is not being communicative. Max is like trying his best to do like all of the work here and just getting nothing in return. So I'm big time out on Mo this episode. Todd, you love Mo. I feel like you're, you're ready to defend I Mo. Not particularly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, this, this is not a good episode for Mo. I, I will agree. Uh, Mo, especially whenever Mo does like give the explanation for why he's so skittish, it's not a good look for Mo. That Mo, I mean, it could maybe show some growth that Mo is like worried about falling to the same trap that he once fell into before. But yeah, what he did to Zora was not good. It was not good at all, and. The fact that he is worried about that is like the one positive thing that will say that he's he's worried that he might like you know go off the rails again. He doesn't want to like damage his friendship with Max. Uh, yeah, okay, that's fine. But all in all, Mo being very avoidant, not really 
coming out with it because he's embarrassed. I can understand that. You know, he's embarrassed about what he did and he doesn't want to cop to it until Max finally pulls out of him. But again, it's it's not a good look for Mo. I'll, I'll agree totally. I, I love Mo. Uh, so I'm not as out on Mo as you are, but I, I'll agree that this was not a good Mo episode in terms of Mo's likability in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. I don't think that this is a great look for Mo. I like Todd. Still love Mo. This doesn't change that. But this particular episode, yes, could have been, could have gone a lot differently. Especially with like Max feeling like totally clueless about what's going on. Like possibly thinking, like, what did I do wrong? Like all I'm trying to do is, you know, enter this business partnership. So I feel like. Maybe Mo could have let Max know it's really not his fault and that would have made it better, but we'll we'll track that through the episode. Um, so then we see Zoe is arriving at work and she's leaving Max a voicemail about how she's getting to work early so she can leave early to get to their date and have sex. And yes, she's actually saying this like out loud. Um, so she gets there and everyone... All the programmers on the fourth floor are like totally goofing off. And so she talks to Leaf, who tells her that he's letting them blow off steam because that helps productivity. Now, here's the thing. So many notes about this scene. First of all, Zoe's walking into work in on the fourth floor, which she's the boss of. She's on the phone telling Max, I'm going to leave early tonight because we're going to have sex. <laughs> Just out loud for everyone to hear. Secondly, she literally said to him, I'm getting here early. Okay, she's the last person there. (laughs) Thank you, Lindy. This was my number one note of this whole scene. This could not have made me more mad. She told so many people she was getting there early. She told her whole family at the breakfast table. It's a big announcement. She's on the phone with Max. Like, I'm going to get there early so I can leave early. Everyone is there already. (laughs) Bitch, you are not early. You are the last one there. You're late. What do you mean you're early? What is this? <laughs> she was the last one to arrive to work that day. There was no earliness about it. Oh my God. This was literally my number one note of this whole episode, Lindy. I am so happy you brought this up. <laughs> I was furious the whole time. She told like half a dozen people that she was arriving early. <laughs> she was late. I don't think that Adam has ever been so mad about anything on this podcast than this very moment, which is hilarious because he has been mad about lots of things, but I have never, ever heard it like this. It just made no sense. And she said it so many times. It was like her biggest point of emphasis in the first 10 minutes of the episode. And then she shows up late. Oh my God. I, I can't breathe. I'm laughing so hard at Adam. <laughs> I can't breathe. <sighs> yeah. I, I mean, it, it, it makes no sense. It defies logic. There's no explaining it. It just... Like, she's so late that, like, all of the programmers who goof off all the time are there. And it's like, these people aren't getting to work on time. Do you want to know how late she is? 
you know how late yeah i looked at that chalkboard at that white whatever board it was i paused it because i wanted to see i have a couple notes here number one one of the events was urinal cake hockey just you know that's pretty disgusting but then the other event was the bottle toss which we kind of saw them doing right there were tally marks under names for that bottle toss do you know the quantity of tally marks that were made yeah i didn't um over 130 tally marks so not only did she get there incredibly late they had time to play this game at least 130 times at <laughs> least assuming those were only the times that they actually succeeded we're talking about hundreds more okay they've been playing this game for hours there uh, this is just ridiculous also the hockey cake urinal is or the the uh, uh urinal cake hockey is disgusting that's just terrible did not need any of that to be written down on the board that's gross um the other thing i do want to talk about here lady you did mention this the voicemail that she lay uh, that she leaves for Max of like you know I'm gonna <laughs> I'm getting to work early so I can get out of work early so we can have sex. Now one might think what an inappropriate message to leave while you are walking into your place of work. Yes, I don't know. That maybe, is what I thought. Ma'am, maybe you leave that earlier in the day, like early in the morning when you wake up to get into work early. Um, one might think you know you would leave it then. However, however. I, I just want to come out as being pro-actively scheduling sex, okay? That is, that's the position I would like to take here. And it might get a little murky because we're adding the workplace into the situation. And I want to acknowledge that. But also, she got there early. So, like, the, the space is hers. <laughs> so, I don't know. Like, I... <laughs> Adam, you cannot have this both ways. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it did seem like no one heard her, right? There was no one else on the elevator when she was having the majority of the call. Um, I don't know. Like, don't do this while you're in front of your employees. But it seemed like no one heard her. No harm, no foul. And if they did, I don't know. Maybe they have a. They, everyone thinks, oh, look, I have a sex-positive boss. <laughs> don't you want I, a sex-positive <laughs> boss, Lindy? I, I think Todd and I are going to go, like, no comment. But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we know. I I will stand by. I thought it was an inappropriate moment to leave the voicemail. Sure. Leave the voicemail before you get there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. No problem. But while you're actively walking into work, we learned that there's a receptionist there. And she was walking past <laughs> that area. No, no, no. The receptionist is gone. Yeah, the receptionist is done. We no longer have. We only have the receptionist for the one day. How do you know? Well, because we didn't see the receptionist. Oh, <laughs> Do you think Zoe fired them? She's in charge of everyone on this floor. I don't think Zoe has been doing a lot of work at her job, is my read of the situation. For better or for worse. Maybe she gets there like noon every day and early for her was like... Earlier for like 10, 15. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> also they had time to like get... Okay, what could early possibly have meant to her? Because even when she woke up and said she was going in early, her entire family was already like eating breakfast that had been made. I mean, that's one of the things about the Clark family that boggles my mind sometimes is they're all just like oh yeah let's all make a trip over to mom's house to eat breakfast together 
uh, before we go, Jordan, like, what time are you having to get, especially the couple with the baby, like, what time yeah. are you having to, like, do all this to be able to get over there to have breakfast with everyone before you go to your work days? Like, even if Zoe wasn't living in her mom's house, she would, like, end up showing up over there before she went to work. And I'm just curious about, like, the geography, like, where her mom's house is in relation to her apartment, in relation to Spark Point, is it on the way? That might kind of justify it but i feel like it probably isn't so i always have that question about the timelines of all of this because zoe is always over at her her parents house even if she wasn't living there and they're like yeah i just need to go into work i'm going to start my new job today i'm like wait you've been here for like an hour at your parents house already what what time do you get up like three i just i don't understand but if she doesn't get until noon then it makes a lot more sense if she doesn't go into work till noon it makes a lot more sense. I do feel like David and Emily probably do have jobs that require them to be there a little bit earlier, both them being lawyers, but who knows? Maybe Zoe works at the hours that Lindy wants to be awake. Maybe it's, <laughs> 10 maybe to it's, three. it's like a 10 to three situation. Like that's the desire. And that's just like the work day that she takes. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, if I could get away with that, I, I totally would. So. Yeah, I firmly believe that every single job has the capability of only working 10 to 3 and getting 100% of your work done. But that that might just be me. I don't know. I'd be happy to give it a try. Uh, if anyone out there would like to, to hire me for that job at the current salary that I'm making and just like as, as a, you know, experiment. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Please let me know. <laughs> All right. So. Simon comes and says hi to Zoe and well he says morning boss and she says well that doesn't mean you get special treatment I am gonna ride you so hard no that came out wrong yeah Zoe (laughs) yeah Zoe it really did okay listen sometimes you just gotta let your employees know you're gonna ride them so hard right (laughs) that's that's what being a good boss is in this moment is Zoe better or worse as a boss than Joan was I mean, the fact that well, the fact uh, that she didn't see. even realize Simon was her employee until this moment is kind of like a knock against her. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh wait, yeah, that's right. Honestly, I'm your boss now that felt like a show, like nodding right at us and being like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> Simon is on the on this floor, and you're the manager of the floor, and because we're a company that divides things based on floor and not function, uh, then that's <laughs> that's what's happening." I know. It- it cracked oh. me up because we had oh. such a long conversation about that last episode. Like, <laughs> not, and then, like, almost immediately, it gets answered in the most awkward way possible. Like, thanks, show. Maybe I'm just going to put this out there. There is just no good reason outside of a relationship or whatever to tell someone, oh, I'm going to ride you so hard. Like, maybe those are words that we only say in a specific context. I don't know. And that's me saying that. So, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Again, not going to argue with that point at yeah. all. I think for, for maybe that's a too vanilla take. Maybe I should be saying that people should ride each other harder more often. I don't know. Lindy almost seemed proud of me when I said that, like, people shouldn't I, say know... that. And now <laughs> it you was know... a fleeting moment. I should have yeah. measured it more yeah. when it was here. Uh huh. Uh, but i'll move on so simon is showing zoe that there are these videos coming out on social media since their latest spark point watch update showing that these watches are blowing up apparently 
they're malfunctioning to the point of like burning people's wrists and they're getting videos and there's one where this guy is just screaming oh my wrist oh my spark point watch version whatever is doing this <laughs> a little over the top there uh with the video but it was very funny uh just, just cementing my long-held belief that i am never gonna wear a watch that's really that's all this episode has done for me i i don't know if that's the takeaway it might be I don't know. What if the watch catches on fire and burns my wrists? I don't think that happens. And that just goes to show you how terrible Sparkpoint is. <laughs> well, I, so I kind of assumed that this was, I forget the specifics of the story. I kind of assumed that this was based on what was it like the Android phone that kept blowing up or something? Cause there was yeah. a device that was like blowing up all the time. Right. I don't remember the specifics, but I thought that this was kind of what that was based on. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. There, there was definitely a phone. I don't remember what, what type it was i think i think it may have been an android yeah, it wasn't an iphone I remember, like, tell you that yeah uh, but i remember seeing like, videos of like someone at a restaurant and yeah. it's catching on fire and they're like trying to throw stuff on to put, put it out because it's burning in the middle of this like fast food restaurant uh, table yeah. so yeah that's definitely a thing I, that that happened so i'm pretty sure this is like a, a reference to that yeah this is real indy i'm worried about my wrists my wrists are are sacred you could get like an like a regular watch, not a smart watch. Oh my and god! Like the like the old days, like the prehistoric times. Yeah, the olden days, the Middle Ages. Why would I? <laughs> wearing a regular watch. If you I'm gonna could. wear a watch, I'm gonna need to be able to text from it. That is. Plus, it'd be yeah. No, there's just no way. <laughs> yeah, are you guys smart watch people? Like, do you have the like the Apple Watch or anything like that? No, uh, definitely don't. No. I have like a a Fitbit type thing for a while yeah. uh, that doubled as, as a watch, but yeah, really didn't yeah. get much use out of it. So, yeah, I have a Fitbit watch, but I don't, I don't do any like phone things on it. Just, um, just like tracking those steps from all the jogging that you do. Yeah. Okay. Do you like it? Yeah, I like it. Okay. It also like tracks your sleep and stuff. Oh. What, what does it do with your sleep? It tells it analyzes it. It tells you like how long you slept and oh. what the stages of sleep were and everything. Lindy, how long? Wait, how long did you sleep last night? I feel Let like me check. I feel like I have asked you multiple times how much sleep you get on average, and you always tell me, "Oh, how am I? How do I know how much sleep <laughs> that?" There have been multiple times when I've asked, and you're telling me you've had a device this entire time that has literally been tracking your sleep. Um, to be fair, I, there were quite a few months recently when I wasn't wearing it like at all, cause I just got out of the habit, but I just started doing it again. So now I have recent data. Mm -hmm. Let's see here. I'm still a little hurt by this to be honest, with you, but <laughs> it's fine. Okay. So last night I got six hours and 53 minutes. Oh. That's how much time you spent asleep. Okay. Wait, so there were times in there that, you, like, you woke up or, like, had to... Yeah, if you wake up, it doesn't count that as sleeping. Okay, think. does it tell you, like, the start and stop time? Like, how much time of the total time? Yeah, <laughs> I went to bed. I went to bed late last night. I went to bed um, after 12.30, and then I woke up at 8.30. Okay, so, like, an hour. Wow, you were, like, awake for an hour? What were you doing for the hour that you were awake? Well, part of that's the beginning and the end, like when you're falling asleep and when you're waking up. Gotcha. And then okay. I did wake up a few times in the middle of the night. I don't know why. 
Oh, okay. Do you remember them or were they just random little spurts of awakeness? I think they're just random spurts. I don't I don't remember okay. them specifically. This is right. so interesting, isn't it? I, it honestly, it might be. I think seven like good hours of sleep is more than I got last night. So, uh, you know, kudos to you. Thank you. <laughs> well done. There was no world I was getting seven hours of sleep after last night's succession episode. So, you know, uh, <laughs> there you go. We certainly don't need to have any distraction or tangent on that. So let's move on. Well, that's my secret. I don't watch succession. So. That's, that's, a, that's a good secret. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, Zoe is leading a meeting for the fourth floor for whatever reason, because they do things by floor about this watch update and how they're going to fix it. Danny Michael Davis is joining them by video. He's under house arrest, as we know. And he's asking for suggestions on how they can kind of spin this to the media to kind of make this better. Tobin suggests something absolutely ludicrous. And Danny Michael Davis gets Zoe to kick him out of the meeting. (laughs) And then Simon makes a suggestion about how, you know, they reframe it as a problem of overreach, you know, in an effort to make up for their past transgressions. They loaded this update with a lot of great stuff. Um, so we're going to resolve this, but we're, you know, we're going to keep over delivering to our customers. And Danny Michael Davis loves this idea. And so he appoints Simon as the PR spokesperson for SparkPoint. Uh I love Danny Michael Davis. Immediate get out, Tobin. I love that. Like Tobin says, like this, like oh, this big thing. Like okay, we claim this was a deep fake. We make deep fakes of our own to show chaos. And Danny Michael Davis, who by the way, Kent is not legally allowed to actually make decisions. Uh, so he's like, get out, Tobin. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Zoe. I highly encourage you, advise you to kick Tobin out. <laughs> and Zoe's like very happy to do so. Um, also, Danny Michael Davis calls Simon Sampson initially. My man, Samson, Simon, even better. So not a good look on Danny Michael Davis there. Yeah, I mean, we've had so many good looks of Danny Michael Doofus uh, (laughs) that, uh, you know, I guess it's so surprising here. Also, why does Tobin suck again this season? Like, I don't understand why. This isn't even like his worst transgression. Well, Well, I guess we'll talk about the comment at the end. But like, he sucks this season again. And I don't understand because I really thought that we had made like, really good progress at the end of season one. I, I couldn't tell you exact moments that I liked from him in season one, but I remember us having the conversation of like, wow, this is actually really good growth. And I love like the stuff he's doing, the, the comments he's making, some of his interactions with Leaf. What happened to literally all of that? I I don't know. I don't know. And it frustrates me so much because like I said, like towards the back half of season one, we saw lots of good stuff with Tobin every, like from the moment of a a leaf getting, you know, doing the thing with Joan. And so we got to see like Tobin's vulnerable side, then with him like knowing sign language and that whole sequence. And there are just like lots of moments where, and he would like a goofball, but, and say stupid things, but the stupid things he said were not like sexist stupid things which is like the thing that they seem to be going back to with him all of a sudden and i don't know why there is no reason given so far at least in the season about why we're having this backsliding from tobin i don't know if it's like well Lee's got promoted over him and he's overcorrecting now or he thinks like oh no tobin's in charge and zoe's not i can like let loose again the whole frat boy atmosphere who uh, maybe like with the end of the episode, maybe that will decrease again, but we'll see. But no, I, I hate it because Tobin become like one of my 
consistently one of my favorite like scene stealing characters in the back half of season one like wasn't a major character but he just was always really funny and now yeah and this this again this is not a problematic thing this is just Tobin being stupid so i actually enjoyed this because Tobin being stupid this that make me frustrated it's the later stuff into the the very end of the episode made me angry very very angry So then we go to uh, Emily and Maggie. Emily is with her sister and sends Maggie a message asking for help. Jenna is just talking a lot and she, Emily is really tired. She only got a couple hours of sleep last night. And so Maggie invites Jenna to come look at her flowers to kind of give Emily a break. And this is really just kind of setting up this whole thing in this episode of Emily and Jenna really don't you know get along super well and maggie is trying to help with this yeah I, like i said before i it didn't do a ton for me especially while we're still kind of near the beginning of this particular storyline i didn't really understand like why there was such a big rift between them given the differences that they talked about and displayed um because it did sort of seemed like jenna was making a genuine effort more or less maybe not like the greatest at the situation but i didn't ever get any vibes from jenna of like ill intent or the poison that we heard about at the beginning of the episode like that was never the vibe that i got from jenna throughout any part of this episode i think it was just like a genuine difference in how they approach things and you know maybe it's oil and water that's fine but like i didn't i didn't get any like subversive like not evil but like you know poison that we that we were told right at the beginning that she was so i i like i was a little confused on the the dynamic there yeah i think it is a lot of what like jenna talked about with maggie later on about you know you have to do things emily's way and i think that's just like emily is very obviously the the you know straight and narrow follow the rules type person whereas jenna is the much bigger free spirit and um, I think it's it's more of that. I think it's like uh, Emily not being able to handle Jenna's uh, energy. Uh, so, yeah, I agree. It, there's definitely nothing sinister here. It's just their personalities do not mesh well at all. But I did, I did uh, find Emily, you know, instant messaging Maggie from the other room to come save her. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, because like, help, I thought you were in the other room with Jenna. Exactly. Uh, I thought that exchange on the computer was, was funny, but yeah, I, I don't think it's anything sinister. It's just these, they're, they're siblings, they're siblings and they're butting heads. So Zoe has been pushing back her date with Max all day, but she's finally leaving the office. Uh, yeah. So earlier before her meeting, she texted him that she was going to be a couple hours late because of work drama. But I'm like, how do you already know that you're going to need those couple extra hours? Because presumably you're going to be confronting this problem as soon as you learn about it, which was right when you walked in. But anyway, <laughs> don't need to spend too much time on the timing of it all. But she's finally leaving the office at night. The programmers are all playing Fire Wrist, which is a game where they've managed to recreate the, the problem with the watch. And they're seeing who can uh, have that on their wrist the longest. And she tells Leaf to basically shut this down, like get the fix working. And she does leave. And in the elevator on the way down, she runs into three female coders from the fifth floor. And they have this short conversation about how they're usually never around this many other 
uh, female coders all at once. And then Zoe runs out of the elevator and she yells, gotta go, sex. Yeah. I mean, Lindy, don't spoil how I'm going to end the podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fair enough. Uh, I thought it was really funny. Again, I like really like, another like cringe moment here, but I thought it was really funny, especially like considering the context that we find out later that like she hires them in their first introduction to their boss. I'm sorry. Their boss's boss is <laughs> goodbye. Sex. This- this ah. may this may be the worst Zoe line ever. What? This may be it. This Gotta go really... sex. That's the worst Zoe line ever. Not not worst as in entertain. This was highly entertaining. This was cringe. However, in terms of if this happened in real life, like why are you saying that? Why? <laughs> why? Lindy, for what for reason? Lindy, I'm not gonna lie to you. If we were ever in a situation where we were just hanging out and you started like running away and we're like, gotta go, sex, I would not stop laughing for like a month. Like that I would <laughs> not be able to contain the amount of humor that that, that, that would provide for me for the, the longest time ever. That would be so funny. But even that, that would be different because that would be friends hanging out. Yes. <laughs> okay, this is at work. She just met these people. Oh, uh, the elevator's a weird place, I guess. I don't know. And not just met them, but they had like a, a kind of insightful conversation. Like, wow, you know, there's just not very many of us. He's talking about like the, you know, the corporate structure and women in the workplace and everything. And then just suddenly, yep, gotta go. Six. It's like, Okay, it felt so weird. It just felt so bizarre. It didn't really because I know Zoe's awkward, but come on, she's come so excited on. about this time. She's so excited. She's just so excited. I don't know. I I mean, I would be that excited too if I was like getting to go home and have sex with Skylar Aston, right? Like, who wouldn't be? <laughs> you would be, Lindy. Don't deny it. You'd be so excited. Maybe I'd be like announcing it to everyone. Todd, you're the most excited out of all of us. Let's be real here. Come on. (laughs) I was saying I would not be yelling about it to everyone that I Oh, I'd be telling everyone I know. I'd be (laughs) sending out a, a, I mean, it would be, it would be a news blast. I mean, it would be. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, The other question I have about this, the beginning of this, before we even get to the elevator, hello sex, um, is Leaf a better or worse boss than Zoe at the beginning? (laughs) And why does everyone in leadership at this company suck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm leading on worse just because he's actively encouraging the bad behavior. Zoe wasn't great, but she was at least trying to manage. Uh, I don't know. Although the fire risk sequence did make me laugh just for George being the one who won. And then he's like, none of you believed in my abilities or my inhuman pain tolerance. That made me laugh. That that actually made me laugh for George. So good on George for making me laugh for once instead of cringe. Uh, it wasn't a big laugh. It was more like maybe a little chuckle, but still, I liked it. Uh, but yeah, no, Leaf is a demonstrably horrible. And we find out more, more and more from him about like how he can't control them at all. It's just like, it's not good. It's not good at all. And again, I think like we kind of mentioned last week, Leaf is someone who projected that he'd do a good job in this position and just like does not have the skills to back it up whatsoever yeah i think 
I think Leaf has to be worse than Zoe, but it's not like, oh, Zoe's amazing. It's, <laughs> it's just what we've seen. Leaf did cause this whole problem with the watches. So I have to say that seems like a bigger mess than anything Zoe did. But back to the whole gotta go sex of it all. Um, Zoe and Max are having dinner at her apartment. So now they don't have to worry about her family coming in. But they hear Mo playing opera music really loudly. Like so loud it's hard to ignore. And so Max tells Zoe about this business situation and the contract. And so Zoe goes to check on Mo who claims that he's fine and he'll stop the music. But then, of course, he sings a heart song and this one is too good at goodbyes. And Todd, what did you think of this one? I know we have varying opinions on Mo's song choice and everything. So how is this for you? Uh, yeah, I, I think this one worked pretty well. Um, it was interesting because it's not what I was expecting the song to be. I don't know what exactly I was expecting it to be, but I, I think it fits with the overall story of what Mo was doing. But again, like Alex Newell can sing the heck out of any song. So uh, Mo songs are always going to get a relatively positive response from me. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I have a whole lot to, to say, to say about it um, other than that. It, it's not definitely not one of the most best songs, definitely not one of the best performances, uh, you know, song choices or storylines or anything like that. But I thought it was good for what it was. I mean, I, I think I just hated the opera so much. Like, Mo was being the worst neighbor ever that, like, this song I just didn't care about. I think I think this is, like, part of my problem is that, like, the storyline of Mo this episode did nothing for me in terms of me liking Mo to any extent. And so, like, to see Mo sing the song, it might have been, like, well sung. It's not one of my favorite songs. I'm I'm not, like, a huge Sam Smith guy. Like, I don't know if you guys are, like big sam smith i don't know but like it's not i don't know this like is not one of my favorite songs in general i don't think that this was like a particularly transcendent performance or anything like that i didn't think that like the meaning of the song really influenced or helped my understanding or uh level of care of the story so i don't know i'm like kind of out on this yet again despite the fact that i will never come for alex newell's vocal abilities and performance i just think that like song choice song implementation the way this was done those like really unfortunate for the level of talent that they have and i feel like this is not the first time that we have said that on this podcast for mo songs because we know how good mo can sing like we know this this is this is well known and i feel like it just could be better utilized uh and and unfortunately it was not at least for me this episode yeah i agree with both of you i thought again like the singing great uh but it doesn't truly give us an insight into what mo is struggling with because we really have not much of an idea until mo actually explains it at the end what what he's been thinking about so to me it was just kind of prolonging that reveal with this song oh i'm too good at goodbyes but but yeah how does this move the story ahead I'm not sure that it that it really does. But the song was well done, I thought. Um, and I did like in response to the opera music when Max was like, I think your mom's house would have been better, honestly. <laughs> They're doing everything they can and it's not going too well. Um, Zoe tells Max about Mo's song 
and they try to continue their date, but the opera music starts yet again, which I thought this was extra rude because Mo said that he would stop it and did and then just started it again when Zoe left. And they're trying to follow through with their plan, but ultimately the music is too distracting and uh, Max wants this to be special. And so Zoe says, okay, like I'll find out what's going on with Mo and then I'll rent us a cabin out in the middle of nowhere (laughs) so we can do this. So then the next day at work, Simon is talking to Zoe, apparent, like, because now he's the spokesperson. He's asking her, like, how soon is there going to be a fix? She thinks it's going to be really soon. But then she hears, she hears Leaf sing, baby did a bad, bad thing. And after hearing this song, she tells Simon, don't get your hopes up, actually. So let's talk about this. I know we all really like Leaf's voice as well. Adam, did you like Baby Did a Bad, Bad Thing? I liked it more than I thought I was going to like it is is basically where I'm going to end up here. I'm not super familiar with the actual song. Um, and so, like, I didn't have a ton to, like, base this on. I had never heard it before. Um, but I did like it. I really I really do enjoy uh, uh, Leaf and every time he gets to sing. I like the the little bit of choreography we got with the other, you know, programmers kind of pulling their chairs and desks into the circle and like, you know, all that kind of stuff. So um, I would, you know, overall uh, a, a pretty big fan here. I think I liked this better than most songs. So there you go. Yeah, I did like the choreography choreography too, with the programmer programmers dancing in their chairs. I thought that was fun. I too was not familiar with this song. So it was new to me, but I thought it was well done. I don't think any of the songs in this episode, at least thus far, have really raised up to like an excellent level, but I think they've all been good to great so far. Uh, yeah, so I love this song in general. Uh, I've, I've always loved the song. Uh, it was the Chris Isaac song from like the mid 90s. So it came came out like while I was in college and everything. Uh, so, But I've always been a big fan of the song. So I really like it going into this i thought leaf did a great job of kind of capturing like the chris isaac feel of the vocals and everything and then the choreography of them all like stomping their feet and everything it was just a lot of fun so yeah i enjoyed this uh, number a lot so then we go to jenna and maggie on a walk jenna's telling maggie that she came here to help but you know emily's not really receptive to it or it's not it's not going well. She says, you know, it's not easy being Emily's big sister. She's always 10 steps ahead. This is where she says, you know, it's always got to be her way. And Maggie's telling her, you know, she's dealing with a lot right now. And let's think about like, what would make Emily's life better right now? And so they're going to brainstorm some ideas. It seems pretty clear, like (laughs) offer to watch the baby and give her a break. (laughs) I don't really know what else they would come up with in this situation. I think I they mean, really did like elongate this storyline throughout this episode. Like, I don't know that we needed to go back to this as many times as we did, but I'm just going to say I really liked Jenna uh, throughout like all of this. And maybe it's just because I relate to her even on this level where like there are so many times where it feels like my younger brother, again, who's like, uh, should be uh, getting married here anytime soon. He's like way ahead of me in so many ways. Um, so like I can relate to that on like a very real level, but honestly, I feel like Jenna felt so um like genuine and just like so pure in her desire to help and just like a lack of 
understanding or awareness of how to like i feel like i've been in that situation so many times so i like i really did like jenna here um and i thought maggie was like a good uh scene partner for her throughout this episode so i like i'm i'm this is growing on me as the episode continues kind of like i said earlier at the podcast as we get towards the end of this i i really did like this storyline more and more yeah i thought it was okay i i wish we had more of emily and jenna interacting in this episode in this episode it just feels unfinished i'm i mean i have seen this before but i honestly don't remember i'm hoping that we get more of them and more of this backstory of the interactions between them but it is what it is i th- I thought the storyline was like okay um so then we go back to zoe asking leaf about what happened with the watch because now she knows how he feels about it he feels guilty at first, he does not admit that, but she says <laughs> she basically convinces him to confess by being like, well, you don't feel guilt or like bad, bad. Like <laughs> she uh, I don't know if I, I don't know. Like, is that something she should be doing because she's hearing his inner thoughts and now she's like making him confess. But anyway, he does admit this was his fault. He rushed through the update because he wants to be a good manager. but. like no one's listening to him it isn't going well now he's mad at himself for being a bad manager and everyone knows it and zoe basically tells him like you're wasting time that we don't have by you know blaming yourself and thinking you're a bad manager and you just need to keep moving forward and just not make the same mistakes again Yeah, I think, you know, this is actually an example of Zoe being a good manager for once. I think, like, the advice she gives him is really good. It's basically, look, you know, you're new at this. You made a mistake, but you can't try to sweep it under the rug. You just need to, like, you know, fix the mistake, you know, admit it, fix it, and move on and learn from it. Uh, And that's really good advice. So good on Zoe for actually, like, being a good manager in this moment. Yeah, I I'm in complete agreement. I think like maybe there would have been a line crossed had this been a like personal song that she heard or like something that was not directly related to the work and the product that is blowing up on people's wrists. Uh, but because it is directly related to that, I'm very pro her getting involved and utilizing this information to do her job. So uh, yeah, I'm 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 in favor of all of this. Like Todd said, fair enough. <laughs> Um, so then Zoe's getting this makeover from Mo. Uh, Zoe had been uh, texting him about this and Mo said, oh, thank goodness. Like, I've been wanting to suggest that, but I didn't want to insult you or something. <laughs> um, but so they're doing the makeover and Zoe is trying to talk to Mo about Max. And Mo is saying, like, this contract thing brought up unhappy memories. And Mo gets really upset with Zoe for ruining their makeover night and won't even finish uh, the makeup that he was doing, which looks really bad in this unfinished state. Yeah, this is the line, I think, for Mo this episode, right? As she's like, it doesn't, I don't even care that you look like Rafiki. <laughs> and I will admit, that made me laugh. That was really funny. <laughs> as much as I really hated about this episode, that was a really good line because Zoe looked terrible. <laughs> it so was awful. Oh my god. Um, Lindy, I do think that at some point we should do makeovers together. Are you down? Sh- sure. Yeah. <laughs> 
maybe a Tyler, make- you, are you over interested? a makey make? No, 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 over. not a makey makeover. <laughs> not one of those. Oh my god. Um, I mean, should we do makeovers? Todd, do you want to join? Do you, I mean, could we? What would what would we do? What was, are you guys like? Are you a big makeover person, Lindy? I feel like Todd and I are not, and I don't want to assume Todd, but uh, I have absolutely zero fashion sense whatsoever <laughs> so i am most definitely not a makeover person yeah then are you a makeover person i think it'd be fun i i don't think i have much experience with that but i would i would want to participate okay yeah i'm i mean i'm down i'm always down for a good time um also we speaking know. of the <laughs> oh uh speaking of the <laughs> gotta go <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of the fashion sense of it all, I just want to point out yet again, Todd and I are wearing dark colors that are all basically gray and Lindy's wearing like a pink floral thing again. So I'm just putting it out there. I could not have been more proven right week after week. People can't even see this and you know, whatever, but, but, but he still bright. feels the need to I do. bring it up. Every I week. have to. Yeah, I really have to. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're down with the makeovers. Good to know. Yes. As, but you cannot make me look like Rafiki. That's not. I, mean, I don't think I even know how to do that. I mean, I think that's advanced. I think that off the table. Um, so Zoe's trying to fix the situation as she does. She's, I mean, I think rightfully so. Like these are two of her best friends. So I understand why she wants to help them uh, get through this. But. You know, she wants Mo and Max to do trust exercises. She has brought this entire binder of them that are like spark point exercises. And Mo it's basically shutting the door in her face. But Zoe offers to let Mo do a total makeover of her like head to toe. And so Mo agrees and says, can I burn all your sweaters? And Zoe says no at the same time that Max says yes. <laughs> I think that I mean, the Rafiki line was good, but the can I burn all your sweaters, I think, was my favorite Mo moment uh, of the episode. Uh, also, Zoe does promise not to speak at all during the makeover, which I think is also like a big selling point uh, for Mo at that point. Exactly. Yeah, Zoe's not going to speak the entire time. Okay, my question to both of you. Obviously, it would not be giving a full makeover. I don't think that would big time appeal to either one of you. But if you're mad at someone... And, and, you know, there's a frustrating situation, but you need to work together with them. Someone else, I want you to work together with them. What would the offer have to be? You know, like, hey, Lindy, I'm willing to, what, like, what is the thing? So for Mo, it's a total makeover. But for both of you, like, what is the thing that someone have to be like, I will do this or get you this or like go to this or whatever for you to be like, okay, I'll open the door. Ooh, interesting. Deep clean my apartment. Oh, oh, that's a good one. Okay. Wait, I want to make that my answer. Because <laughs> that's a great thing. I was going to say, like, buy me a milkshake or something. <laughs> buy you a milkshake. Okay. I'm thinking, I'm not thinking, Um, you know, enough. Like, yeah, think, I was... think big, Lindy. Think big. Yeah, I need to think bigger. Hmm. Okay. Mine would just be go get drinks at, like, a karaoke bar and, and have, like, a night. That would be... Or play a very long, complicated board game that no one ever wants to play with me. That would be like the two <laughs> big things. That's a good point. I love board games. I would play. I would play a long, complicated You're, board game. Oh my god! Well, I mean, why have we never played board games together, Lindy? Because we live in very different places. Yeah, I mean, that would do it. Um, okay. I mean, yeah, there there are online ways to play. You know, to play board games. But okay, That's true. Uh, duly noted. Um, 
Okay. I think those are all good options for things to like pick. I'm, I I was very like curious about this one because be like, I, I would not care at all about giving someone a total makeover, but like, there are things that if someone be like, I'll do this, I'll be like, well, okay, I guess I'm not mad at you at all anymore. <laughs> we could just move on. So yeah, I, I think the key is it would need to be like something that they don't want to do. I think that's like a bit, a big part of this here. Is like, yeah, because uh, if Zoe's like been looking for a makeover and offering to do it, it's not going to be a big thing. But this is something that Zoe was, does not want to subject herself to. So Mo's and Mo really does. And so it's the only way Mo is going to be able to get Zoe to do this. So we get this really short scene where Zo uh, Zoe goes to work and Leaf and the team have pulled an all nighter and fixed the update. But Leaf is saying, you know, the team is not going to stay focused for long. Like we pulled together for this, but this is like a frat house. And I mean, I guess so Zoe was not involved in this at all. I guess as the, as the boss of the fourth floor, she doesn't have to help them do the programming anymore. Is she still a coder? Like what's going on? No, I mean, she's basically Joan now and Joan, Joan only stepped in to help with the coding that one time when they were down someone so yeah i mean zoe is basically joan and so she shouldn't be having to step in to help the coders because it's not her job anymore her job is to tell the coders what to do and then the coders do it uh so because basically like, she's joan leaf is her and everyone else is who they've always been except they seem to respect leaf even less than they respected zoe which seems insane because they did not respect zoe at all um, I, I did enjoy the talk about like the games they invented, like cranberry leaf, where they just pelt leaf with the like, cranberries, <laughs> and then snowy on Zoe. <laughs> My favorite part of that is like, well, remember they did Zo snowy on Zoe and me, where they just put like what, packing peanuts on me, and leaf's supposed to, yeah, that was a good one. I'm like leaf, leaf, do do you not see? <laughs> you know, uh, but no. Um, so I think like all the well, extreme marker jousting, I think was another one of the the games they mentioned here. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Leap is a, a horrible, horrible manager at this point in time. He's like, you know, I, th I think more than likely, not if nothing else, Leaf is probably in that he still wants to be their friend. He still wants them to like him, so he can't really stand up for himself. Uh, I think that probably is like the root of his problem. Yeah, the whole frat house mentality is a part of it, but it's if Leaf actually like put his foot down and actually, you know, didn't care about getting them angry at him, I think that would make as much difference as what happens later. Uh yeah, I think it's I think I was wondering, like, okay, well, why doesn't Tobin paid any attention to leaf and i think it might just be because like they're friends and so tobin probably thinks like oh i can goof off i can do whatever i want and leaf just isn't commanding the respect that he should as the manager because they probably look at him as a friend because that's what he was when zoe was in charge so yep. it's hard to transition there and again, bye-bye to the character growth of responsible tobin who leaf had the big talking to about we got to be serious and both Leaf and Tobin here feel like lesser versions than they were towards the end of season one. Um, it's uh, I'm, I'm not a fan of the, the backward trajectory for either of them in this moment. I think it makes more sense for Leaf than Tobin because Leaf is in over his head. And I can see Leaf being the person who like thought he could handle this and then 
can't. So yeah, that's fine. But the Toba of it all, again, it just doesn't fit with what we saw the last season. So then we see uh, the aftermath of all these trust exercises with Max and Mo. Seems like it has not really gone very well. And Max wants to keep trying. So um, he opens up about something. And so Mo ends up sharing with Max that the story basically behind the whole contract issue is that he once cut his friend out of their business because he wanted to do it on his own. And so now he has, hasn't talked to his best friend in years because of a company that ended up going nowhere. And so Mo is really unsure about entering something like that again because, you know, maybe he might cut someone out of his life that gets in his way again and doesn't want to do that. Um, and Max is really reassuring Mo that they can work out any problem between them and like they can they can do this. So Max isn't scared off by this, but clearly this is a big thing that is weighing on Mo. I just really don't understand why this was the choice they made for why Mo didn't want to sign the contract. Like I don't understand the writing choice here because there are I think number one, there are simpler explanations. There are simpler options because this was this was very convoluted in terms of the story. It was convoluted. Number two, it was not relatable like at all. Like this, this is not a situation that anyone has been in. It doesn't necessarily have to be relatable, but like if you're, I'm, if I'm not able to understand it, I would like to have had the opportunity to live it. Um, and then number three, it's also not sympathetic to Mo at all. Like Mo's explanation here is like, I can't get into business with you. I can't sign this contract because. I was the worst earlier. <laughs> like I was terrible before and I'm worried about being terrible again. Like maybe that's kind of an interesting story, but isn't it so much more compelling if Mo was like, I actually like have gotten into business with a friend before and I really got screwed. Like they took advantage of me. They put a bunch of things in the contract. Like I got screwed out of this. I wasn't able to be a part of this. And like, I got the raw end of the deal. Like, isn't that much more compelling and sympathetic to Mo and also fundamentally doesn't change Mo's lack of desire to, to sign the contract. Like, did we really need a storyline for Mo where it was like, I'm worried about me being a terrible person and like being super immature and not professional towards other people. Like, did that really need to be the story choice for Mo? Like, I just don't get why that was the direction that they felt they needed to go after it feels like basically all we've gotten from Mo is like, I'm going to provide you some good advice overall, Zoe, but then also be irresponsible and be immature with the relationship situation that he, he had before. Like, I don't understand. I just don't understand what they're trying to do with Mo here because this made him very unsympathetic. It's not a relatable story. It wasn't simple to follow. It, did, it wasn't a good look for Mo at all. Um, and like, it didn't progress anything. Like, I, like, I don't know. I just think this was a bad choice overall. And there were easier, better choices well within reach that I would have much preferred. I think 
probably what the writers were trying to do is to go as to subvert expectations because what I was expecting was exactly what you said. I felt everything the episode was leading us to expect for Mo to be, oh, I had this partnership that went badly and I'm scared to get into that. I feel like that's a story that we probably have seen done a ton of times. So I think the writers thought, oh, no, it'd be cool if we set up to make you think that Mo's been burned because we also had the whole thing last season with Eddie and all like Mo people leaving Mo, and so it could have just been an offshoot of that, but now we're going to zig. We thought you were going to zag. And so, no, it's actually Mo that's the problem here. I think that is what their thought process was. I'm not saying it was a good thought process. Again, I'm very much in the, the court of this is not a good look for Mo, and I don't like that they did this with Mo. Uh, but I asking why they did this i think that's probably why they did this i think they did it to try to subvert expectations to kind of catch us off guard and i'll admit if that was their goal they succeeded i just don't think that should have been their goal only you know it's it's one thing to subvert expectations but at least do it in a way that i enjoy and doesn't make me you know question my favorite character on the show which this is, again, a really bad look for Mo. And again, it was when Mo was younger, and so we could have, like, Mo has grown since then, possibly because of the lessons he learned through it. And because of that, he's now the person who can do these things. Maybe that is the idea, and Max is trying to reassure him of that, that you're not the same person you were then. I see that you could do this. Maybe that's what they're trying to go for. But, yeah, I, I wish they had found almost any other way to do this that didn't make Mo look like just like a raving egomaniac. Even though, I, let's, let's admit, there are times where Mo can be a bit of a diva and a bit of all eyes on me uh, character. So I think in some ways it fits there. Uh, Mo is very no-nonsense. Never Mo has an idea. Mo runs with that idea. Mo gets very set in his ways. So I think there are ways it can fit into the Mo that we know. But the shafting a friend part of it is the part that I do not like. So if it'd been like uh, Mo and their friend had gotten to a fight about decisions and Mo and their friend like, you know, dissolved the friendship partnership just because neither one of them would budge. I think that would have been a much better way to go about it. You know, that Mo even admitting I was a part of the problem because I wouldn't budge. I think that would be a more relatable way of having Mo be kind of the bad guy in the situation, but not a total villain in the situation. Whereas this comes across as very much total villain in the situation. And I think there's a way they could have like, you know, softened it somewhat while still trying to do like the, oh, it wasn't that Mo got abandoned, it was that Mo kind of blew their you know, own life up. Especially because of how Mo treated Max, like the rest of the episode, right? Like everything we had seen before this was like Mo is mad at Max and like trying to like get some, not even revenge is the right word, but like there's there's like anger and frustration there. The opera music, the lack of communication, the the look that Mo gave Max just when they opened the door was like of disgust. And all Max did was like, let's sign the contract. And even knowing the full context, it still doesn't even really explain why Mo would be frustrated or angry at Max. Like I would understand like the internal stuff but i just just kind of a mess here 
I think so I didn't read most of that as Mo being frustrated at Max. So I think the initial contract thing, Mo is like not wanting to do it, and Mo's just making excuses, and Mo is in his own head about the whole situation. The opera thing I don't think was necessarily directed at Max and Zoe initially. It's like what Mo does there. Mo's upset, and Mo's upset with himself. And I feel like the the angry look was directed more at Zoe than at Max because Mo was mad at Zoe for a. Uh, doing the makeover under false pretenses earlier and trying to, you know, uh, because Zoe misused the sacred makeover uh, to try and get in there and, and meddle. So I think the angry look was more at Zoe because Mo was already mad at Zoe. That that's at least was my take on all of that. So at the end of this conversation, Max gets an SOS text from Zoe. So he rushes over to her house. He thinks there's some sort of emergency. But when he gets there, there's nothing going on. Um, they're the only ones there. She tells him Maggie and Jenna are watching the baby at David and Emily's place. So they have the house to themselves. <laughs> and they go up to her bedroom and she has put, you know, rose petals on the bed. She's made us like swan out of a towel. She's got them champagne. <laughs> um, she wants to make this happen. And so they start, you know, making out. And Max is telling her that he he wants to control his heart song. So he's kind of prepared for this situation. And he has picked a neutral song to think about to kind of displace his other emotions. And that song is, of course, Take Me Out to the Ball Game. <laughs> And so he is singing this uh, while they are getting ready to have sex. And it's it's a little distracting. That's the name of the episode. And unfortunately, it doesn't even work. It's He can't actually completely stay focused on this song. So he's also singing I'll Make Love to You. And... It's basically a fight in Max's mind of trying to stay neutral and just not being able to. And we go back and forth and back and forth between these two songs. Adam, I think you said it. I'm sh You loved this, right? One of my favorite scenes I've ever watched. Like, this was hilarious. I could not stop laughing from the moment it began until the moment it ended. Like... Uh, just every part of this is peak humor. Like he transitions songs right as she is unzipping his pants. Like it's, and they're just like all over. And then they do like the combined choreography in bed where she's got her hand on and then she puts it over her head, like in frustration with the whole situation. He like goes into the bathroom, it gets muffled. And then he comes out. Root, root, root. Oh my God. Just, it's so funny. Just the whole thing from start to finish. It could not be funnier. The If you would have told me at the beginning of the show, you know, musical TV show, we're going to do a mashup of, <laughs> of these two songs. I would have been like, what? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Uh, and yet this is, it's just perfect. Every part of this is so amazing. Um, probably one of my favorite Zoe moments of the show so far. I think this is the funniest Zoe moment of the show up to this point. I totally, I totally understand that. I think for me, 
the funniest moment is back in season one with Zoe's glitch where she can't control her own singing. To me, I found that extremely funny. I love that. So I've got to put that above this. But this was extremely well done and funny with the back and forth and the choreography. I thought they did a great job with this. So this was really funny, but also a level a level of cringe in there. Yeah, I think this is hilarious. I didn't find it that cringy. It wasn't didn't feel like overwhelmingly cringy to me at all. I thought it was hilarious. I thought like the the acting through all of this was just great. Like the one time he's like uh, trying to sing and she like puts her hands on him. He's like, oh, you know, like he uh, audibly reacts to to her touch and everything. Uh, her telling him let's just power through it in a sexy way was also a. Uh, a great moment uh yeah no this this was hilarious uh, i was like i was not expecting this the very first time i saw it like even just like the take about the ball game of it all which is like okay that's that's kind of funny you think of baseball kind of like a you know a tropey uh thing but it's pretty funny uh but then to go from that to i'll make love to you and then back and forth and back and forth is just a lot of fun um, and we, of course, have to address the predictions made at the beginning of the podcast, where you both thought that I ha have not been in such a situation. Um, unfortunately, uh, you both are wrong, because, like, of course I've been in a situation. They sing this uh, in the seventh inning stretch every single game. So the question is basically, have I ever had sex while a baseball game has been on? And I watch like over a hundred baseball games a year. So that's, you know, for sure. Yes. So there you go. In case anyone was curious. I thought it wasn't quite the spirit of how I understood the question when it was asked, but okay. So, so what did you thought the question was like, have I ever had sex at a baseball like stadium? Like, uh, no. Uh, well, <laughs> Uh, while the, someone was singing the song is what I thought the, the context of the question was like, the con the idea being not that it was being played. Oh, you thought we were like having sex and and a sing along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that that's basically uh, that okay. was my my big no. Uh, yeah. Okay, I mean to be fair, we were not singing along, so I'll give you that one. Um, that has never happened. Although I do want to say the other thing here, there is like the element of humor, right? Like he's trying to think about taking me out to the ball game. I'm all, while I said earlier, I'm very pro scheduling sex. I'm also very pro like making it fun and like funny. I think like if you like you should be able to laugh. Or, uh, this is really turning into a sex podcast. You should be able to laugh during sex. And I feel very strongly about that. Like, I feel like that is an important factor in the situation. And if you're not able to do that, then I like you. I don't know. That's like a you should. I don't want to tell people how to have sex, but, you know, you should like that should be a thing that you can do with someone while you're having sex. There you go. See, I, I don't I expect either of you two to have a, a comment on that, but yeah. you know, I, I feel that when Adam said this is turned to a sex podcast, Lindy and I exchanged knowing looks <laughs> in silence. <laughs> we did. We were like, we're quitting, right? Yeah, yeah we are. <laughs> um, so yes, this whole back and forth of these two songs dueling in Max's mind, and you know, he's kind of mad at himself for not being able to control it. She's telling him to relax like it's okay um but he's saying like you know she has this endless insight into his mind but he has nothing on her um she she likes hearing the songs because she feels closer to him um and because he doesn't know what's going on in her head she kind of opens up and says you know i'm excited i'm a little nervous but i'm mostly excited 
you know, this is about being with my best friend. Like we're in this together and they kiss. And then Max starts singing a moment like this. And Zoe actually joins in to make this a duet. So we hear her singing, you know, with no music in the background and the camera swirls around them. And when you hear Max sing, it's got, you know, all the music. And then you hear Zoe sing just by herself. And what a moment. I loved it. Yeah. A moment like this. Love it. It's so good. This was great. A nice little duet at the end, too. Really liked that. Um, honestly, I wish that the music would have kept playing while Zoe was singing because it felt like a little hollow and unsupported during those moments. But I like fully understand the reasoning why. So I like, can't be that mad about it just from a musical standpoint. I think it would have been a better song had the music been there. But I, I think it was an OK uh, creative choice there. Yeah, and you're also happy because it's a Kelly Clarkson song. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I was going to wait until the, the prediction segment, but we're like there, baby. I'm, I'm on fire. Two episodes in. Come on. In fuego. Uh, yeah, no, this is this is really cool. I really like this. I, you know, unlike Adam, I like the the music dropping out with Zoe to kind of like, I mean, I agreed that it would have been a nice song if we had the whole thing, but I really like the contrast of showing, like, yeah, she is, she's kind of making herself vulnerable at this point in time uh, to him. She's like singing without the music uh, to show that she feels the same way. Uh, I thought it was really sweet. I really liked them finally connecting on this, this level. And, you know, I think it's just a great number and a great use of the concept of the show. So the next morning, uh, <laughs> David and Emily are talking to Maggie about their relaxing night. Uh, Emily's little surprised that Jenna kind of stuck with it and helped, you know, the whole night with the 3 a.m. feeding and everything. And then Zoe and Max walk in the kitchen and it's pretty obvious that, you know, he has spent the night. <laughs> and so David wants to, David, Zoe's brother wants to talk about what happened with them he doesn't want to just exchange knowing glances he wants to discuss the sex for some reason <laughs> and you know maggie tactfully says well zoe's not comfortable with that so <laughs> let's respect that and basically saying like the women in your life are keeping you in line david and then max makes a comment about how men are the worst and, you know, without women, the world would be a frat house. And, of course, that gives Zoe an idea because we heard that same phrase of the frat house earlier with Leaf. So this gives her work idea. I'm so sorry, but I hated every single thing about this scene. <laughs> you hate it? Well, wait, what did you hate about it? Why? Why, why, why does David want to discuss <laughs> zoe and max having sex okay i don't think he wants to discuss it in terms of like a, a blow for blow if you will uh but i think it's <laughs> todd stop uh i think he i think it's more of just like they talked about it earlier of the max and simon of it all like they clearly um you know they they know max a little bit right like max has been involved with the family for quite some time max was close with mitch we had like known max is involved with the family before so like that kind of tracks for me um and they like know a little bit about the push and pull of the the Zoe Max Simon situation, and I think they just want to know, like, hey, of these two people who have, are basically destined to be together, uh, did they finally hook up? 
I don't, you know, I don't think they need to know like specifics. I'm not, I don't think that David is out here. Like what positions did you do? I think it's more of just like, you know, did they actually hook up? Okay. But like, they all know that they did. It's very obvious. And they acknowledge that. And yet but, he wants but, but, to. But, 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 Lindy, men are not very observant. Like maybe he didn't know. David says, are we going to talk about what obviously happened? He knows it <laughs> happened, okay? And he, for some reason, he wants to talk about it in front of both Zoe and Max. Not just one of them, but both. And the worst part, I didn't even say yet, is <laughs> at the end, David says, oh, if she weren't my sister, I would high-five you right now. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> what? Uh, so... Because she's your sister, you want to talk about it, but you won't high five him. But if she oh, yeah, your sister, you would mad about the snub him. of the high five. You want you're like there should have been a high five. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I don't have any problem with the uh are we gonna talk about things? I thought that was pretty funny. And if nothing else, I feel like that was like David uh, trying to like make Zoe feel uncomfortable because again, that is very much their sibling relationship. So I can see that being the thing that powers it as much as anything. Like, oh yeah, let's let's make Zoe uncomfortable talking about her and her, her guy actually hooking up. But I'll agree that the the whole high five of all was like, ah, yeah, a bit too far, David. Just just a bit too far. The whole high fiving a dude thing, not great, not great. Yes, and because of Max's comment about men being the worst, Zoe has this great idea. And so at work, she and Leaf are announcing to the team that uh, three of the programmers from the fourth floor are moving to the fifth floor, and those three female coders from the elevator <laughs> are going to be working on the fourth floor. Isn't that great? And yeah, the fourth floor people are not happy about this. Tobin is upset about the end of the programmers. I'm just going to once again say, um, why are there programmers on the fourth, fifth, and sixth floor, yet marketing slash HR is on the fourth floor? Like, I, I just don't understand. Well, that, but also, wasn't last season the fifth floor totally abandoned? Yes, correct. Yeah, so the, it was like under construction or something. They there fixed a, it up. And oh, yeah. It's looking good. Lots of people work there now, Oh, well, at least three. <laughs> it was yeah. just the three of them in a three corner programmers. in they're the just construction because yeah. they're like oh the women should go up here like <laughs> <laughs> they were trying to get away from all the men yeah <laughs> that would track uh i mean i liked this right let's uh you know get some women involved i sort of thought that like that should have maybe been a storyline earlier um although i will say we have seen women in power in the show right like jones started off as the biggest boss that we knew before we met danny michael davis of course and then so we got promoted to be a boss so like women have always kind of been in charge and in power in this show, but it is good to like see them on the team and get rid of some of the broy energy. Um, the the problem again that we've already talked about. This is just like a disgusting line from Tobin here, right? During this scene, this is like this is truly terrible. Um, I don't like this idea of we had to insert some broy energy to to like get this storyline to happen, which is the only explanation I can even think of for why we had all of the frat house energy this episode. And even a little bit last episode too, like this is the only reason I can even think of. And it's not worth it because we just didn't need it. Like we didn't need that level of 
of anything. Like we just didn't, we could have brought more women and we could have been like Zoe's in charge. I'm excited to like, you know, increase diversity and get some more women involved in tech involved in STEM like that, like the way that I was and like she could talk about her own story and her own journey going through it. We didn't get any of that. All we got was like an elevator conversation and guys being absolute dicks. So like, I, like, I, I don't know. I feel like there was, there was better writing available. There was a better, better story available to them. And like to just trash Tobin and leaf these past, like, you know, episode two episodes, I, I just don't think is a good choice given they were some of our favorite, funniest, more rootable characters at the end of season one. And I'm, I'm totally out on both of them at this point. So I don't know. Yeah, it's I, I totally agree that that makes the only the only thing that makes sense is like, oh, well, we wanted to bring in like the female programmers. And so this is like a means to an end. I also want to say so they make conversation about how these are three women programmers from the fifth floor and they've never been in an elevator with like four female programmers at once because that's how rare it is. So what does Zoe do? She takes like all of the female programmers from the fifth floor and brings them to the fourth floor. So now the fifth floor no longer has any female programmers. Now it's going to be the frat house, but who cares because Zoe's floor won't be. So I think maybe like spread, spread it well, around a little bit. Todd, no, Todd, know. be careful here because now all the fifth floor has is just three male programmers sitting off in the <laughs> corner. That's all that they have there. There's no more. There was, there was only the three. Um, the other thing we didn't talk about in the office, we had a new bar. The Protein Bar Bar was yeah. the name. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, yeah. Just terrible. So cheap. Uh, disgusting. Better than No Bar. Yeah, which mm. is last week was the No Bar Bar. So. I guess, but like, I don't know. Uh, Lindy, you're, you're a big like a sweet treat girl. Like that's, you know, you love your little treats. Uh, is, is a Protein Bar a treat? Could, Could be, it be like if on it's, the flavor? Like a, I feel like a lot of protein bars sometimes have like chocolate. Yeah, involved. if it's got the chocolate there, it could definitely be a little treat. Okay, a little treat protein bar. You guys big protein bar people? Not big protein bar person. Like I've, I've eaten them over in, over the years, you know. And there's some good ones. There's some not so good ones. There's some horrible ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember uh, in college there was I don't remember what the brand was, but they they're trying. You know, you go to college and people get giving out free samples and things like that. And maybe it was Power Bar. Uh, but my one of my roommates uh, had gotten one and was like trying to get people to try them, and it was like the most disgusting thing. And I swear, at one point, someone threw one at someone and hit the wall and chipped something out of the wall. Like, okay, yeah, I'm not putting that in my body. This thing just like took a chip out of the wall, throwing yeah. it. I'm I'm scared. I'm scared of what that thing is made out of. They uh, had um, it wasn't all the time, but they a lot of the time they had free Cliff Bars at uh, the one of the big gyms that was at, uh, at our college, and so. I really liked the uh, white chocolate macadamia uh, cliff bar. Those are, uh, those are pretty good. Those yeah. are good. Yeah. So, uh, so regarding like the three programs, we notably like one of them has a lot more dialogue than the rest. And in the scene actually even like speaks up. It's like, yeah, I about, no, I don't know about extreme market jazz thing, but I'm down to play nut punch. Who wants to go first? Uh, so I think they're, it's, feel like they're setting her up a bit to be the you know wise cracking new member of the team who's going to put the boys in their place uh and i really like the actress and uh, morgan taylor campbell was on a a netflix show called the imperfects and uh, she's like one of the stars of that show it sadly only lasted a season i was very sad because i liked it a lot so it was it was fun coming back here and going oh yeah she was on on zoe's too cool 
Um, so we have one more scene, uh, pretty short. Mo signs the contract, has, um, you know, gotten past the issue with Max. And so Mo and Max and Zoe all celebrate. And Zoe has gotten her makeover. So she is looking pretty different than normal. I noticed you used the word different, Lindy. <laughs> yeah. Do you have maybe uh, an adjective that you'd like to use to describe the quality of the makeover? Um, I would say it's extravagant. Hmm. Okay. What word would you want to use? Pretty bad is, <laughs> is, is basically where I'm at. Uh, it did not look good at all. I like, I, I don't know, maybe that just not my style, I guess, but I like, it did nothing for me. How did you like it? Oh, yes. Yes. That's definitely <laughs> like, that, that's my dream woman look right there. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Todd. Todd, say so you got to go. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's this, like, basically, it's this really, it's this sequin top with, like, one shoulder and, like, a puffy shoulder. And then her hair is just so curly. It look, I don't. I don't know how to describe it, yeah, but it's like super teased out and big. It's like very, I feel like it's very eighties look mm -hmm. all around. Um, I, I feel like if you went to like the halls of my high school and saw pictures of people like in their eighties graduation photos, this is a sort of look you might've seen. It was pretty intense. Um, and they take photos and that's our episode. <laughs> that is the episode season two, episode two of Zoe's extraordinary playlist, but we are not done here today we have a uh, a whole bunch of songs to give our spark points to uh five songs this episode um uh, just a bunch of them uh the first of course is poison lindy we'll start with you uh what did, what did you think about poison here um good but not super memorable to me so just an average score of like three okay three from lindy todd what about you yeah, I'm higher on it than Lindy is, but I'm not super high on it. I, you know, I like the song a lot, and I think it's kind of fun, but uh, kind of like you said earlier, Adam, it's not, well, not one of the best performances of the song. I'm only like a 3.5. Okay, I am in full agreement with Lindy here. I have this exactly at a 3. Uh, just very middle of the road here. Nothing amazing. Good song, but maybe not the most amazing performance. Uh, Too Good at Goodbyes is our second song. I don't know if you're going to like this or not. I'm at a 2.4 for this. I just wanted it to be better. I really did. I like Mo so much. I like uh, I like his voice, but just not not it for me. Uh, Todd, redeem this here a little bit. Two good uh, goodbyes. Uh, yeah, I think a three is where I'm going to land. It's, you know, a Mo song is really going to get below a three for me, but there just wasn't anything really to elevate the song compared to other Mo performances. Okay. And and wow. it just didn't really fit great into the storyline either. Didn't redeem it a ton. Okay, Lindy, last chance here. Two good goodbyes. Yeah, I agree. Doesn't really uh, get to the level I want it to get. So it's just going to be a three. Wow. Okay. Uh, baby did a bad, bad thing. Todd, did you do a bad, bad thing with this rating? Uh, we shall see. Uh, again, I love this song in general. Unlike the two of you, I, I'm very familiar with it. Uh, owned the CD it first came out on, and I think it was like a really fun performance of it. I love the choreography, the stomping of the feet to make the, the rhythm of it. It's just like a lot of fun for me. So like 4.5. Wow. 
Whoa, 4.5 from Todd. Lindy, what about you? Yeah, this was fun. But again, I, with these early songs in the episode, none of them were like, oh my gosh, that one's amazing. So this one is, I think, better than the first two, but it's just going to get a 3.5. Okay, I'm just above Lindy to 3.7 here. I did enjoy this. I don't think it breaks into the upper echelon um, of songs for the show, though. Um, take me out to the ball game slash I'll make love for you. This, I don't know how to not give this a five. I adored every moment of this. Um, even like, even his singing, I thought was really good. So like, there you go. I don't know that like, take me out to the ball game is the kind of song that I would normally give a five to, but I really just love this, especially with the context of everything in the scene. So full five for me, uh, Lindy, what about you? Yeah, this was a great scene, the choreography and the hilarity of it. So this does get a pretty obvious five. Oh, full five from uh, Lindy. Todd, we have the opportunity here to um, for the sparks to fly, I believe, is, is our moniker at the moment. Todd, are the sparks flying? The sparks are flying all over the place. Full five. Oh, my goodness. The sparks have flown. Um, this is a Taylor Swift thing, right? I still haven't listened to this song. Uh, I should listen. Yes, Sparks Fly is a Taylor Swift song. Okay, well, I'll have to listen to that song at some point. Um, but the Sparks have flown with Take Me Out to the Ball Game slash Help Make Love to You. I really like it. And then a moment like this at the end, again, I really like this. Maybe if this was a bit longer, it'd be getting a full five or something like that. But I'm at a four, uh, four six with this one. I did enjoy it really good. I really like the duet at the ending there. Um, I just needed like another 20, 30 seconds of this to get a, to get a full five. Uh, Todd, what about you? See, for me, it is going to get a full five because I think it's a great performance from both of them. And I really just like the way that it like uses the, the conceit of the show in a different way, a little interesting way. And that really elevated it for me. Okay, fair enough. Lindy? I agree with Todd. I loved this. I'm giving it a five. Oh, my God. So this is, well, <laughs> now you have me reconsidering. You both gave it... Has this ever happened before where you've both given something at five and I have been the one to not give it a five? I don't think so. I mean, I'd have to go back to our 6G stuff, but I don't think there's ever been a moment where you've been the one who has broken a full bowl of pretzels or a sparks flying thing. Well, I mean... I don't want this to be the song where that happens. I don't even, (laughs) I like, I don't feel strongly that this like shouldn't be if I just wouldn't have. Okay. I'm, I'm going to change my score because you know, uh, I don't, I can't have this narrative going around that I'm the one not allowing the sparks to fly. Um, and I, like I said, I did enjoy it. Four, six is a very good score, but I, I'm willing to take this up to a full five. Uh, if, if for no other reason, then we don't get to hear Zoe sing a whole lot. So I, you know, and, and those moments I do enjoy, and I think that their voices together worked really well. Plus, plus, you know, really why I'm giving this a five because this was right before they had sex. And so huge (laughs) fan of them hooking up. Gotta go moment like this sex. There you go. Boom. Full five sparks have flown twice on these songs we love to see it okay um and finally we are going to share uh who made our hearts also that just proves i i I can be i can be flexible and you know i I can be accommodating with with scores and bullied not really bullied you guys didn't say a word (laughs) i bullied myself into that really if you think of that um but i was bullied into it so uh i think like neither one of us said a word through most of that we just kind of sat back and watched it no, I just, well, I want to start the precedent that like, if, you know, two people are giving fives, I want the other person to be a little pressured to give a five. 
Um, this is why I also don't put myself first when I'm giving song scores that often. Uh, okay. <laughs> Episode two here. Who made your heart sing, Todd? Um, I think there are not that many choices in this episode sadly but i think the one choice is obvious it's it's max max with his attempts to a uh you know control his heart song and the hilarity that ensued max being a good partner to mo even if her mo's not being a good partner to him i think there's a lot of good max stuff in this episode so yeah max uh, made my heart sing okay lindy who made your heart sing this episode Yes, once again, I have to echo Todd because I'm also choosing Max. I think, you know, he was very supportive and understanding of Mo. And he had some funny lines when it came to Zoe um, about everything they were doing. And he never, I mean, I, I thought he was great in this episode. And I picked him last time and I'm picking him this time. It's the season of Max, okay? The season of Max. Uh, I'm not going to pick Max, so I'll just tell you that right now. Uh, certainly considered it, I think Max is up there. Had a really strong episode. I also want to give a shout out actually to Simon, who I think also had a really good episode. I don't know that he like, you know, made my heart sing or anything, but I think if we're, if we're looking at like good things that happened to people in this episode, I think it was a really good Simon episode, had a good idea in the meeting, got pro basically promoted all the way. He's like doing big things there um, and wasn't inappropriate at work. So that's excellent. Um, the person I am going to give my truly ha or, or my, my heart song um, point to is none other than Zoe herself. I thought that Zoe had actually a, a, a decent episode here. I can get as mad as I want to about the narrative of her arriving early, but not actually arriving early. However, I think that like, uh, number one, getting over her dad in those, uh, you know, the early parts of this episode, trying to move on and like not be focused on that really strong helping out around the house. I think is great trying to get out of the situation of her house and into her apartment. Also really good getting into, uh, this relationship with Max. I really loved it. I love how that resolves. I love her openness at the end when he's singing and they're like singing together. I think that's a big moment from her because we had seen this previously where she was really uncomfortable with him, uh, you know, expressing those heart songs before. And now she seems to have moved past that. And she's basically responsible for the Mo and Max getting into business together and like getting over that hump. She was the one that like basically forced that resolution there. So um, I think I have to be pro Zoe this episode. Uh, so there you go. Zoe uh, made my heart sing. We love to see it. Uh, first point for Zoe for the season. I don't know how many more we're going to get for her because uh, most of the time she's not a very likable character. And so I have to take these opportunities when I can. Um, plus, if she's not even getting into work until noon every day, which is the narrative I choose to believe in, I have a lot of respect for that. So there you go. <laughs> um, as someone who wakes up like at six every morning, like I have a lot of respect for people who can like get up at noon and, and go to work. That's great. Okay. Um, Todd, let's uh, clean up some of these predictions if we have any. I think we only have one or two that have any kind of movement or resolution. Yeah, so the most obvious one, Zoe and Max uh, have had sex, so Dang, that one uh, has come true. The other one is whether or not Simon's move is an actual promotion or just him moving to like a, it's a lateral move, it's an actual promotion, it's a move from marketing to PR, it's actually a promotion or not. It's a little unclear, I think, but I also think... I could see the argument for it being a promotion because it's like Danny Michael Davis going, oh yeah, you're going to do this now. Uh, so I could see it being a promotion instead of a lateral move, but a, uh, I don't know. 
I feel confident to say this was a promotion just because of like the response that, you know, that was given as well as like the, the implication of the CEO doing that. I mean, unless you guys feel strongly that like this wasn't, or we'll look back later and then it wasn't, obviously we can reassess or whatever. To me, if I had to like give you this recap of the episode of the Simon part, I would certainly say he was promoted to the head of HR. Like that's how I would describe the situation after what he said. I wouldn't say like he switched jobs or got, you know, moved elsewhere. I would, I would certainly say he was promoted to the head of it or spokesperson or whatever it was. Like uh, I would head, head yeah. of PR. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, in my mind, that's how I would describe it. So whether it's true or not, I don't know, but that's, that was my read of the episode. Uh, what do you think, Lindy? Do you think it's a promotion or just a lateral move? I would call it a promotion because it, it seems like it's a new title. It didn't seem like he was saying, well, don't do what you were already doing, but like, also you're this now that seems like a promotion to me. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, I was leaning towards promotion as well, but I just wanted to like put the question out there before a, uh, before making the official. So that makes those two uh, predictions have come true. Uh, the only other movement we have is that we did have a Kelly Clarkson song in this one. So now Adam is halfway to being correct about Kelly Clarkson songs, a, uh, uh, on the show. So good for, good for Adam. Uh, but yeah, I think those are the main ones. Uh, but the other thing that we're going to start talking about in this section is the name of the next episode and what Adam thinks that might mean. Uh, so Adam, the next episode is titled Zoe's extraordinary dreams. <sighs> okay. So we're going to have to figure out a way to get out of this Zoe and max relationship at some point in the next group of episodes i don't know how early we're going to happen but i think that you know maybe maybe zoe could start to be having some dreams about simon oh Ooh. thoughts dreams about simon little spicy yes. dreams uh well we both have seen the show before so it's hard to give thoughts without a uh, but i think i think that's definitely a uh is something that sounds plausible Okay, well, there we go. That's my prediction. We're going to be getting some spicy Simon dreams. All righty. Um, okay, and that cleans that up. So we are, uh, that's it. That's the episode, season two, episode two of One uh, um, of Podcast here as we're talking about Zoe's. Uh, like I said, really good episode. This was a ton of fun. I just was laughing so many times uh, all throughout this episode, just in love with it. So hopefully this is the level of quality that we get going forward. Um, let's knock out the Tobin stuff. Let's get that out of here. I'm done with that. Um, and then also this new guy that I feel like I've been seeing so much positive uh, appreciation for all over the place based on clearly nothing that has happened thus far in the show. Potentially there's more to come, I guess, but I'll tell you right now, we, we've seen nothing thus far where I'm excited about. I don't even, I couldn't even tell you his name, although that's not really <laughs> indicative of anything, but you know, it's, it's George's turn now, Adam. His no, name it's is not. George. It's not George's. No, no. I mean, I, I think I think it's funny that the man that you can't remember the name of is named George. I think that feels very consistent <laughs> across uh, the two shows. Now it's George's turn. He hasn't uh, done any. I mean, he hasn't done anything yet. All he's been like associated with is the is the is the broy energy, right? Like that's what we've seen thus far. Um, I, like maybe there's more. I'm open to it, but. I don't know. I, I am not willing to accept criticism for being down on a character who has given us basically nothing but negatives. So <laughs> I don't know. You can come at me all you want at our ops. 
that's <laughs> fine. Um, okay, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited going forward. We still have a couple of ways to go. Um, and uh, 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 very fun stuff so far in season two. But let's get out of here. We're, we're done. We've done enough here. Um, Lindy, what are you doing these days? What are you up to? Uh, well, I'm not up to much, but you can find me <laughs> on Twitter at TV Lindy and our podcast Twitter at 1CXG Podcast. Amazing. Todd, what are you doing these days? What are you up to? Where can people find you? Uh, yeah, not a whole lot. Mainly this right now. My other podcasts have all ended. Uh, but you can always find me on Twitter at Librarian Todd because Todd Librarian was too many characters. Yeah, I like really do understand that feeling of podcasts coming to an end. And then you just have to keep working to get more top. That's the key. Uh, I'm Adam H. You can find me on Twitter, Panaman Adam One, as well as a host of other places on Posha Recaps, which of course you should all uh, go over there and, and check out all the amazing stuff that's happening. Talking about Doctor Who with Kevin and Melissa. We're finishing up the Crisis Core coverage with the amazing Brooklyn Zed. Todd and I finished our Schmigadoon coverage. Um, also be getting back together with uh, Sarah Ferguson to talk about How I Met Your Father Season 2 as that is picking back up. Uh, this upcoming week actually so that's a uh, very exciting that's coming back we are also talking about the uh show platonic which is going to be a ton of fun that's another new one coming up um and then at the uh, uh start of uh next month there's going to be another little project coming there uh, that i'm very excited uh, to announce that just a little bit closer but of course we'll be back here next week to talk about season two episode three of zoe's extraordinary playlist and until then bye